0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Jake Kokorowski here, the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski, coming to you live from Wisconsin, and a lot to talk about. You'll hear later on, we did a simulcast with Bucky's Fifth Podcast, and the other Bucky's Fifth Quarter Podcast, with our interview with inside linebacker Jack Sitchie. You'll hear that in probably about 15 minutes or so but scotty let's let's talk real quick about some things going on on uh, your side of the state where it comes to the milwaukee bucks milwaukee brewers to start with the bucks down 2-0. S- some people started thought the bucks would be putting up more of a fight S- some people are you know predicted that the bucks yeah i thought they'd do better uh, in the playoffs and, and without kyrie irving and and just the way boston's been with hard time scoring uh with him gone and and even maybe with him there it i i I don't know i thought they'd do a little bit more than what they're doing right now and and now they're in a 2-0 hole coming back to milwaukee in a a critical game three that'll be played on friday night yeah um you know it's it's frustrating do you realize that in the last
1: Oh, uh, let's see, 18, 20, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 20. In the last 29 seasons for the Milwaukee Bucks, 28, yeah, 29 seasons, going back to the ninety-ninety-one season, they have only finished as a top-four seed in the NBA East once. And that was, of course, nine, uh, the, the season uh, in which, 2000-2001, where they advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then after that, George Carl destroyed the team. So while I did expect higher hopes, man, maybe history just being what it is. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We were talking about how we missed the Don Nelson era where the Bucks were the number two seed in a conference um, seven years in a row. And granted, for those years, they lost in conference finals and for those years, they lost in conference semifinals and they didn't make it to a championship series, at least they were legitimate contenders. Um, the Bucs have failed to be that in quite some time. Um, it's There's a lot of reasons that go into this. You know, you have one of the marquee players in the league in, in Giannis, but you have a disjointed team, a score first point guard, no post presence, a, de- a not very deep bench, um, a lame duck coach, uh, unhappy uh, Jabari Parker, who's not going to return to the Bucks, and we're heading into a new building. The Bucks are hoping for the next chapter, and they're kind of limping in there with the whole moniker "same old Bucks." And, and lo and behold, here, here we are again.
0: Yeah, and it's—I mean, you heard Jabari Parker's comments earlier this week or earlier today I should say on Thursday uh just about uh, you know playing time and and just you know being on the coach's good side and it, I don't know like I mean I, I think obviously it's one of those things in my head where he's not going to return I don't think there, I mean and I, I think this team I mean you, you see Giannis and you see Chris Middleton putting up the points needed to win, but you're not getting anything out of a Parker, who doesn't have that those minutes. But also, you're not you know Eric Bledsoe is not doing much, what he should be doing. I think it was what 21 points in 21 22 points in the in, in the two games, and you know I they needed a, a miracle three from Middleton that first game to actually force that overtime in the first place. So mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it, this team just seems disheveled right mm-hmm. now and they need something to, you know, they need to get their act together. And I mean, it's, it's going to bear. what I don't know if people are, obviously you're happy. uh, And when it, you know, in terms of they made the playoffs, but this yeah, team, has, this, not. this team has more expectations. I mean, I'm not happy
1: to to be an eight seed. Uh, I, I'm not, I mean, because the other thing, when you look at the team, uh, you know, so Philly passed them this year. And everybody thought the Pacers were going to fall back to the pack, and they didn't do it. If you look at the Bucks going into next season, even, I mean, who are they better than? Who do they potentially have a chance to be better than? Of the teams that finished ahead of them?
0: That's fair. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair question to ask. And I mean, we'll have it's the big thing right now is trying, you know, finding that coach. And, and Joe Prunty, you know, you can tell he's trying, but. They're gonna hire another coach, and yeah, then they're I mean, gonna and they're gonna have to rebuild. I mean, honestly, I mean, Giannis is that centerpiece. I think you keep Middleton, unless you can find a really good deal.
1: No, you're
0: you're not gonna be able to
1: deal Middleton, not. So you're gonna have those two. And you're gonna have scores, but now you got to find other players. Like, and Brogdon will still be around. You need to find a point guard who is a good defender that can help make the rest of the players around him better. And you need to find a, a intimidating defensive presence in the post. And you need a deeper bench. How that comes about, where they are financially, all those things, I don't know the answers. That's why I'm not John Horst, right? But they need to figure it out. And that, those are the pieces they need. I think they have enough people who can score. Maybe a, a, a guy who could shoot consistently from outside, another role player. But that's what this team is missing. They're missing glue guys. They have Giannis, he's great. They have Middleton who's fine. They have Bledsoe who has moments. They have Brogdon, who is what he is. They have Parker who's gonna be gone, but they don't have the glue guys that, that teams that go deep in the playoffs go. And they gotta figure out how to find that. And again, if I had all the answers, you know, maybe I'd be the GM of the Bucks. Since we're kind of reminiscing about woeful his, woeful histories, since 1989. You know, the Bucks have only won two playoff series, and both of those were the 2000-2001 uh, season. So, Oof. I, Oof. yeah, and pretty bad, right? I mean, almost 30 years, one season where they won a playoff series.
0: Yep. Eh. Yep. It's rough. It is. It is. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like I said, there are plenty of positives when it comes to the organization, the new arena. You have Giannis. Uh, so it should be enticing for new coaches. I mean, I know we're not trying to get too much ahead of ourselves because it's uh, you know, there's still at least two more games to be played in this series. But the way they came out, you know, game one, I initially thought, it, when I watched it, hey, Boston's throwing everything at them, and, and they're still, you know, they pulled out with a win, but they took everything. And then that second win, you know, that game two win, that blowout, it, it just... It, they, you know, like I said, Giannis talked about energy and, and effort and whatnot. I, I feel that this, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens come, you know, come tomorrow night. I mean, if, if they they fight back, and I mean, right now, I'll say, right now, I think Celtics in five. I, I initially said Bucks in six, just to be one, be funny uh, with that, with the obviously the classic saying, but also just, uh, I think right now, the way the Celtics, I mean, unless Milwaukee proves something. And, of course, you always have to say the one thing. You know, it's not a, a series until the road team wins one. Well, if Celtics win tomorrow night, you know, this series is over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, um, as bad as the Bucks have been,
1: you know, for the last 30 years, they still, their all-time record, they're still um, – 80 some games over 500 which tells you how good they really were in their first few seasons and all throughout the the 80s wow yeah because they've been pretty dismal since other than that um the the way the plan Joel Joel and bead played today for the sixers i suppose that's the big news for teams uh, uh for other teams out there otherwise is there anything in the postseason that that's got you uh um excited other than you know anything you're following with the local team
0: nope no i mean not really um you know obviously you have your thoughts and i, I mean i think maybe on a somber note the the passing of greg popovich's wife uh is is obviously rough um in in, in thoughts and in prayers to, to him and his family and, and all those that newer um but i mean you know i know the heat lost you know a game to the pacers but You know, I mean, it's going to happen, and uh, I mean, something. LeBron, I mean, you know, uh, he'll step it up, obviously, and and he already has. uh, And and I think Cavaliers still win that, but I mean, it'll be a a, you know, it'll be a fight. But I don't know, nothing really. Isn't it weird? Isn't it
1: weird though? Speaking of the Spurs, because of. The rougher, rough for them. They still finished twelve games over five hundred, but the rough season that the Spurs had and the injuries the Warriors had to see the Warriors, Spurs be a first round matchup. I think that that's kind of interesting. Of course, the Warriors leading that series two games to none, but I think to me that was
0: an interesting
1: just the way the the records kind of shook down. You know,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's yeah, you know, I mean, it's all stacked the Western Division, Western Conferences too. So uh and and like i said it'll be interesting i mean the bucks did keep their pick by the way uh their first round draft pick so uh that's something granted i don't know granted their track record outside of Giannis isn't that great uh you know lately so uh but you know their second rounders have been awesome on, on that note but yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of it from there. Um, but let, let's translate over the Brewers. They are leading two to one over the Miami Marlins. I still say Florida Marlins back from my days in Florida when I lived down there. But the Miami yeah. Mar, Miami Marlins, uh, they are leading two to one. And you know, when we're talking about this team, right? Uh, this it, the pitching's been okay. I know that it's still, it's still it was okay for a couple. It's been
1: okay in spot
0: in spot. But I mean, the big thing is, is this offense where obviously Yelich was just got, came off. Christian Yelich just came off the 10 day disabled list. Uh, the, you know, Kane has been in a slump, you know, I mean, obviously there's been people that have been hurt here and there. Thames, you know, exited the game, right. Uh, and Braun, if I'm not mistaken, too. It's, it's you know, no one's in sync and it it, i mean the offense has been a real trouble you know where you know was it over eight games they had scored only what 20 some odd runs so there's there's a lot more to be desired on that part and yet it's yet yet they're still you know right now above 500 and (laughs) and, you know i it's still early on but you know we'll see how this team progresses and granted they have four games set against I guess rebuilding is a euphemism for the Miami Marlins uh, on that note, but, you know. Look, they're still in a lot of trouble
1: on a couple of fronts. Yeah, the pitching did shut down Cincinnati, so much so that it got Brian Price fired. The other thing that probably got Brian Price fired was the fact that of the 38 home runs Eric Tames has hit as a Milwaukee Brewer, 12 of them have been against the Cincinnati Reds. And maybe that's just because Brian Price said, hey, the heck with that. We're just going to pitch to him and see what happens. And obviously, Thames has killed the Reds in his year plus with the Brewers. Um, but the bigger picture, you know, we talk about the staff all we want, and we have, and we may be beaten that into the ground. And again, they've had a couple of decent games. Let's hope that that keeps up. But this team doesn't seem to win games if they don't hit home runs. And that's a concern. Um, I think that's something that you start to wonder how much of that falls on a manager. And, you know, again, people can disagree and you can say council's fine and he's done his. this team doesn't go take the next step though. I think unless they upgrade the the in-game management of this team. So um, we can talk more about that some other time, but yeah, they, they should, hopefully they'll take, you know, for them, they'll take three out of four from the Marlins and, and start building some momentum. And, you know, the, right now they're still in the in the, in the, in the race, but the pirates have been the surprise team and m- most people expect them to kind of come back to the pack. So I don't know, um, you know, let's, let's get some wins and see if they have, let's hope that they could get this offense a not being so home run dependent. And they thought that that was going to be the case by bringing in Yelich and Kane, but then more importantly, let's see if they can get everybody healthy and playing together for, you know, a couple weeks at a time and you know maybe we'll see what they truly have offensively.
0: I agree. I agree. And just some news too about an hour ago, infielder Tyler Saladino has been acquired from the Chicago White Sox in exchange for cash and he's already been optioned to AAA uh to the Sky Sox there. Uh with uh, the corresponding move, Alec Ashton, Asher has been designated for assignment. On that Ooh. note, so yeah, exactly. Um so we with that um yeah, like I said I, I still think it's a little early. I, I still think there's something like I told you, you know, back when we initially started talking about the season and making our predictions. I still think the MVP of the season, possibly in pitching, is someone that isn't on the roster, and I think they have the availability to make a move. Just when it happens, uh, we'll, we'll see how what shakes out. So. Uh, By the
1: way, Tyler Saladino, a lifetime two thirty one hitter
0: in the picks. Yep. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, so that was just a quick, quick bit of uh, breaking news there. Um, can we talk on a positive note? Just Josh Hader. I, I think it's po- I mean, I know I mean, We didn't necessarily have a script for for tonight's show, but before we get into Jack Sitchi, but I mean, you I mean some of that stuff's just imp- impressive and great. I, I try to watch as many games as I can. I, I in between covering wisconsin football and then other duties uh and you know i don't get a chance to watch a lot of brew games but just what i've seen so far this season has been pretty impressive so far
1: yeah great yeah so far so good i still think he should be a starter but i think that horse is going to be out of the barn in another season or so and he's going to probably end up a career reliever but he's been effective i hope that continues and as long as he doesn't run into some arm injuries um it's a great story. The problem will continue to be, though, can they get? Can the Brewers starters get to Hader? You know, can they do a good enough job to get to where they need Josh Hader to be? Josh Hader. I think that's what we'll find out as the season
0: unfolds. Exactly. So, that it'll be it'll be interesting. To like I said, it's a long season, and um, I'm still trying to find a way to. I don't, it's not going to happen, but I'm still trying to find a way to get down to Miller Park on. Saturday night to try to get that Captain America Brewers bobblehead doll, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, By the way, by the way,
1: just point this out: Tyler Saladino um, in 2016 uh, did everything but pitch and catch. So the Brewers and and Slingin Stearns getting himself another utility guy. I think he wants to end up having a game where he starts nine utility guys and rotates them around in all nine positions and rotates them every inning. Just so he can, you know, make it look like a little league team or something. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand this trade, to be honest with you. But
0: oh, eh. we'll see how it pans out. Um, we'll see what the. Well,
1: oh, I know how it's going to pan out. Tyler Saladino will be out of the organization within the next 365
0: days. You don't really before. It, well... Before we take it home, we're gonna actually right now talk to Jack Stici and then come back quickly wrap up the show. So here's our conversation from a little earlier this week with inside linebacker Jack Stici. Great insight into his this mindset, his injury, like his recovery, and then you know which NFL teams he's visited or worked out for. I, I thought the conversation was great, uh, Scotty. I, I believe you agree as well. It was just a great talk with the former walk-on and team captain for Your Wisconsin Badgers. So let's take it to that conversation real quick, come back and wrap it up with uh, just what we're going to be doing this weekend here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition. It's a simulcast, basically. It's two shows, uh, the Bucky's Fifth Podcast as well as the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, both brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter, where you can go for Wisconsin Badgers news, news, notes, analysis and uh really we've had you know Austin Ramish on Natrell Jamerson, uh Joe Ferguson we're speaking to later and now we are really happy to have on Jack Sitchie inside linebacker, Wisconsin Badgers, now headed to the NFL. Jack, I have to ask you and I've asked Austin and Natrell this, I'll ask Joe about this later. How many frequent flyer miles have you had recently? Um, I had a, a fair amount. Um, From the,
2: ever since the bowl games, flying from Miami to Phoenix, and then Phoenix to Indianapolis for the combine, and then Indianapolis to Madison via Chicago, (laughs) and then I just went Madison, Chicago, Indy, um, to Indy, Chicago, Madison, and then I went up to um, the Minneapolis a couple times, and I went up to Green Bay once, so we've we've made the rounds uh, for sure.
1: Now, Jack, I wanted to ask you this, too, because it's hard for people like Jake and myself to to comprehend and kind of put it in perspective. So you've done all of your travel now, and now you're just waiting the next week and a half for the draft. So can you describe the anticipation and kind of what it feels like as you get ready for, uh, uh, for what's coming up next week?
2: Uh, it's just a lot of unknown. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm, the workouts and the visits have died down. So I'm uh, I'm pretty open now, I guess. I mean, I, I wake up, I go work out in, in the weight room, and a run, and then I mean, it's just a lot of waiting around after after that. I'm I don't have anything planned after noon on most days, so it's kind of just um, keeping busy, keeping your mind busy, not necessarily thinking about it. But um, yeah, I mean, even when I do think about it, I I can't really too much because there's just so much that I don't know so it's um I don't know it's a, it's a lot of give and take I guess
0: now you mentioned uh, you mentioned on that on that ask you how, how's the knee uh how, how's the the ACL we saw you do some work uh you know some position work and then also ran some drills at Wisconsin's Pro Day back in in mid-March I mean how, how's your rehab how's the progression where you at right now
2: um, I mean, it's, it's been really good. Uh, it's noticeably better by each day, so that's definitely very encouraging. And, um, I mean, it feels really good. Uh, I, I was able to do some stuff at Pro Day, but now I'm pretty much able to do just about everything. Um, and it's just kind of gradually working that back. And, and it's, each day it's, it's more comfortable and it's a little more um, pain-free. Uh, and it's really not even that painful it's just kind of getting over those mental barriers where i'm i'm kind of mentally cautious about some some movements but um i'd say i'm right around 95 percent right now and by the time minicamp or otas roll around i'll be i'll be 100 percent which i'm extremely excited about
0: you're hey, with jack sitch here on bucky's fifth podcast and the Kielbasa king sports extravaganza and you know, I mean, we, you know, we're. You, you talked about your frequent flyer miles and your trips, and you know, there are reports out there back. Uh, you know, I think it was last week about you potentially visiting Green Bay for a visit. Uh, first off, may we ask if you if you could confirm that you visited visited Titletown and uh, did you drive up, fly up there, and were there any Badger teammates there with you?
2: Yeah, um, we, uh, me, Garrett, and Matrell drove up. Must have been last Wednesday. And um, drove up, kind of took it all in, and then drove back down that same day.
1: Wow. Wow, that's a a pretty nice day trip there, I would think. Um, Hey, I wanted to ask you a little bit before we kind of talk about your future. I want to talk a a little bit about the legacy and the team you're leaving behind. I mean, uh, that Badger defense has been stellar uh, over the course of your career. Uh, They're going to lose some starters, seven starters, and some other contributors, when you look at what's left, though, and you look at, at their coaching staff and, and how good of a job Jim Leonard's done, how do you feel about the players that are going to be jumping into some of those key roles as you uh, as you and uh, and others move on?
2: I'm excited for them. I mean, I think so much of what Wisconsin does is development. And um, it, it doesn't always happen in the offseason. Like, you saw guys towards the end of the season really come out of the scene. You saw all of our receivers kind of next man up and, and really answering the call whenever whenever they're needed. And, and you saw the last couple of games of the season, Van Ginkle, really kind of stepping out into into his own role and kind of solidifying his own place um, as a starter. And uh, I just think that that's going to be awesome. I mean, you got you, you still got a, a, a skeleton of, of seasoned guys. You got Olive, anchor anchoring the D-line. He's going to be a four-year starter. You got TJ and Ryan, and then you got Dakota, In each level, and I think you're just going to be able to build around that, and and that's what the spring ball I think has always been good for is is those giving the coaches time to to really develop those players, whether it's in the weight room, the meeting room, or on the field.
0: And with that too, we'll, we'll stay on topic definitely with the, with the team before we talk about you know your workouts and, and your post Badger uh, career what you've done so far since you know January uh, you know the inside linebackers obviously you know you mentioned you know T J you know Edwards all American Ryan Conley. Uh, Chris, or, you know, the inside linebackers, it's a stout group and, and there's depth and almost an embarrassment of riches for Wisconsin at that point. Like, where do you see that position group in general, or, you know, specifically, where do you see those players growing and, and excelling this upcoming season?
2: Um, I think what's going to be big for, for them is just kind of accepting their roles and really taking command of that defense. Um, not to say that they haven't done it in the past, but I think, especially for Ryan and TJ, um, that senior campaign, um, sometimes people make more of it than it actually is, but your senior year means a lot, and that's um, there's something to be said for that, and I think how those guys are able to really understand the ins and outs of the defense and the game and how they're able to better the players around them is going to be really telling, but uh, I have the utmost confidence in those guys, and and I'm excited to to watch them really kind of take control. So when you
1: you look at the way, the career you've had and the style of football that you play, when you were growing up or even in your college career, are there certain players that you mold your game after or or certain players that you looked up to either as contemporaries or, or players you watched as you were learning the game?
2: Um. Not, not really in high school. Uh, I do know when I um, – my freshman year when we uh, we played Ohio State and I kind of got to see Ryan Shazier and kind of Chris Bowling, not necessarily going at it head-to-head, but both of them had ter- tremendous games and I got to see how, how two great linebackers were able to play and kind of rise in big moments. I think that's something that I definitely took with me and um, definitely tried to model my game after if not so much their their style of play is is for sure rising to the occasion in those big kind of spotlight and marquee moments.
0: And you know when it comes to you know where you're, you're training now and I mean you said you went down to Phoenix. That was at Exos, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. And and, and and I mean with with the injury, I mean how did it modify that normal training regimen that you had, you know, from, I mean, compared to what you would maybe would have done if you would have. You know, had you know the, the healthy knee there. Like, what was the? How did they help you work back, you know, from that knee injury and, and continue your progression while you know still trying to get you ready for for things coming up and you know what you did at pro day.
2: Um, honestly, I was far enough along in my rehab where I wasn't necessarily specifically focused on just rehabbing. Um, definitely, I worked with the physical therapy team there to do some some plyometrics and kind of keep progressing that knee in certain ways, but. I participated in everything, Um, just a lot of the stuff I was not 100% at. And I would be going through all the drills, just some of them while everyone else is doing 100%, I'd maybe be doing 80%. Just kind of, and I I wasn't able to really do the the 40-yard dash or some of those things, but I think that working through the technique was extremely beneficial for me to be able to kind of reprogram my knee and re-teach it some of those movements that, Um, You lose after surgery. So I'm uh, I mean, I I wasn't working some of the stuff 100 percent as far as uh, what I could do, but I was working everything um, and trying to kind of reprogram my body that way
1: i have a question about some of the teams you've, you've had a chance to work out for and um I, I know that you had mentioned that you had a meeting with the vikings set up when when people talk to a pro day but are, are you able to share or willing to share some of the other teams you may have uh, either worked out for or met with or, or had uh, deep conversations with
2: um i worked out for um obviously everyone who was at pro day and then I I specifically worked out for the Cowboys, Lions, and Falcons. And um, it was good kind of because each one of those, I was further along in my process and I was able to comfortably do more. So I was extremely happy that I was able to kind of showcase my progress on the field and uh, how I moved around as well as kind of be able to show off a little bit in the classroom
0: to kind of show
2: how my football IQ has developed.
0: And with that too, did you and then uh, take it? You, did you take that trip up to Minneapolis then as well with the Vikings? And were there any other any yeah. other trips as well? No, I um I
2: was with the Vikes and the Pack, and then I was in Indianapolis for medical rechecks. But um, those were the only two visits with the Vikings and the Packers.
0: Excellent. What, oh, go ahead, Scotty.
1: Know. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm always curious, too, because we've talked to, over the, the course of six years, a lot of players that were kind of in this position where they're awaiting the draft and whatnot. Um, was there any um, odd or, 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 or kind of off-the-cuff questions that you might have been asked that you weren't expecting? Because I know sometimes GMs and, and, and player personnel folks like to throw some some curveballs at, at, at players.
2: Yeah. Uh. Not exactly. One thing I noticed, um, one thing I noticed that me and kind of Leon and Garrett talked about is if you didn't have many or any off the field issues or red flags off the field, um, they focus more kind of just on a broad uh, life and like kind of how's your family. Tell me about how you got to college. And then you were able to really talk football more. So, I guess that's one thing I was definitely grateful for was I I got to kind of focus on um, just who I was as a person, and then I got to talk football. So that was uh, that was beneficial in my case, I, I think.
0: I mean, with that too, Jack, I and mean, maybe you know, focusing on that, you know, your your story, you know, walk on, you you, you redshirt your second year, and then you come back and you, you start, start, then you overcome the. The you know the injuries that you've had and you know now you're less than you know what you're about almost a week away from from the NFL draft. I mean, what have you had a chance to kind of reflect on that journey that you've had and 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 just seeing just uh, how far you've come and and still what's ahead for you? Uh, Definitely. Um,
2: I was just thinking about it today and um, uh, yesterday. I mean, I'm I'm having to pack my apartment up now and and I mean I've packed it up and moved a couple blocks over in Madison the past couple of years, but now I'm, I'm moving out of Madison for good. And it's, it's definitely a time for reflection. And it's, um, it's kind of all hit me now that now my four and a half, five years here are, are, are done. And that's um something that when I left in December, I didn't really think about because I knew I was coming back for, for a couple months at least. So leaving for, the, the final time in the near future, at least um, definitely uh, is bringing back those memories and it's given me some opportunities to reflect, which I'm, I'm grateful for.
1: So uh, here's an interesting uh, question. Uh, have you given it any thought yet? Where are you going to be watching the draft? Are you going to watch any of it? Are you going to watch uh, a couple days of it? Are you going to be with family? Are you going to be with friends? Uh, Cause everybody's kind of um, got a different routine for, for drafting.
2: Yeah. And um uh, I'm not. I, I'm, I'll pay attention to it on Thursday, but I'm going to a movie on Thursday night. Um, the new Avengers comes out, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Oh yeah, nice. But um, I, got, I got a couple buddies that um, I train with or who I know that might go first round, so I'll definitely pay attention to that and, and be able to congratulate them when that happens. But um, on Friday and Saturday, I, I'll definitely watch. Uh, I told my uh, my parents that I just wanted it to be my mom dad. And my two sisters. Um, I didn't want to make a big deal about it because, I mean, I've heard stuff, but I think you and you guys and I both know that with my circumstances, uh, it's really there's really no telling where I'll go. And and I'm at I'm at peace with that. I mean, I definitely um, know kind of my situation and and why I might be a, a red flag for some teams or or why some teams might want to take a chance on me. So, um, come hopefully late Friday or or, th- or um, Saturday morning. I mean we'll see what happens, but, um, I think I'm, I'm just kind of expecting the unexpected at this point, but, uh, I I definitely just want to do it with my family. And, um, I, that's, that's good enough for me, honestly.
0: Yeah. And Mira Jack Sitchie, Wisconsin Badgers linebacker here on Bucky fifth podcast, the Kobasa King Sports Extravaganza, and you know when it, you're saying you're a piece and you know you don't know where you're going. And I mean, when it comes to the teams that you've spoken with, I mean, how are what have you heard from you know your time in the combine, uh, from talking to teams to you know uh, just you know doing these workouts? Like, how are the teams envisioning you when it comes to you know in their particular defenses?
2: Um, I, I, from who I've talked to, it's I'm definitely a, uh, an, uh, uh, either a, a will in a three four or a will in a four three. Um, and then as far as kind of my history and what what they think I can do, I mean, luckily for me, it was it was just an ACL. There was nothing else that happened. Um, so I'm and I'm especially with the progress I've made, I'm extremely confident in my medicals and what I was able to showcase to the doctors and the teams that um. Well, I've had injuries. It's they're they're not a red flag, and, and I'm not um, a, an injury-prone guy. I think I had a couple kind of freak or, or bad luck incidents, but I definitely think that um, I've, I've helped myself and helped to assure teams that are that are inquiring that I'm uh, I'll be ready come come May and um, August training camp.
0: I was going to ask you real quick too, Jack, like, do you remember playing that Iowa game with one arm? Like, what do you remember from that game? And I remember watching it. I wasn't, I wasn't able to cover it there live, but watching on TV, like, what do you remember from that game? I mean, I mean, you, you were still playing well into the third, third quarter. I mean, like, is it, you know, I was gonna say, is it pretty crazy? I mean, what, what are your memories that you remember from that game? Um, I do
2: remember the pain. It was pretty painful, but I think I was so kind of, stubborn and still bit naive at that point because i had gone 21 years without an injury without a serious injury that limited any playing time in high school or in in my early college days i i was um injury free so i kind of assumed that it was it was nothing and i if i just finished the game out it would be good come the next saturday um but i mean i i remember all of it and it was um Definitely a rude awakening when I when I got the news, but I think that was just part of me growing up and learning. But um, honestly, like I said, that was the first real injury I ever had, so it was um, it was definitely uh, kind of a sobering moment.
0: And with that too, you know, Jack, it, you know, uh, when it comes to looking at some of the players going into the draft, and you know that are your former teammates, you know, natrell Jamerson, Garrett Dooley, Leon Jacobs austin ramish nick nelson i mean there's a long list of, of badgers uh for for this year's class i mean what do you see out of uh, for Nutrell? uh it, you know and joe ferguson for example like where, where do you see them you know you've played with them what do you see from them that you know at the next level that what what could help them uh you know secure an active uh, you know nfl roster spot
2: well first i think the helped himself greatly at the combine i mean he. He's, he's very physically gifted, and I think that that um, really is going to kind of propel him up boards uh, more than people think. But I think that one thing that hopefully um, people are taking note of in the league is is kind of what you're going to get with Wisconsin players. Um, and I think that that is going to allow guys this year and, and in years to come to get a foot in the door. And once they get that foot in the door, obviously the opportunity is what they make of it. But I think that, that – getting that foot in the door is going to be huge and it's going to give more more guys um, from Wisconsin who are hard-working guys and and really learn to love the game of football. It's going to give them opportunities that they're going to take advantage of. Jack,
1: aside from your teammates, uh, what's, what are a couple things you're going to miss about the this, this city of Madison?
2: Just um, really the environment. I mean, you can say... How I think everyone who's listening to this, who's maybe visited or or lived in Madison, knows the atmosphere in the summer and how that's really unparalleled, just kind of sunny days and obviously the terrace and and just the feeling when you walk around. And then in the fall and those feelings around game days and kind of there's a a buzz in the air when the the team's doing well. And then it kind of goes into the winter, even though this winter has, seem like it's been lasting forever. Um, like you got you got the buzz around the basketball team and you got just things always happening in this town related to university that, that really make going to school here so much more of a special experience than maybe somewhere else. And I think that that's one of the things that I'll, I definitely have noticed and that I'll definitely um, miss being able to experience. Um, but I, I think it definitely excuse me um i think that no matter how long you're here i I still think that you're going to look back and think the time flew by i mean i i definitely think that i have um i've had a great experience and i've i've had countless memories but now that i'm kind of having one foot out the door and i'm i'm just about gone it's it's um awakening that you you, when you're here you never really think it's coming and and i guess that's being a little naive and and wanting to hold on to it too, but I think that um, just kind of the overall atmosphere and aura around Madison are some is
0: somewhat inexplicable. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's your favorite restaurant that you that, here in town right now?
2: Um, I uh, I've actually started cooking for myself a lot more, but I mean, I like uh, I like steak, so I'll go tornado room or rare. I like sushi, <laughs> so I I like I like red. I mean um i like i like trader joe's i like whole foods uh tyvee has um has been nice to me i i'm I'm a fan of (laughs) of all things culinary so wherever i can kind of get my hands on it's good
0: excellent and uh one more one more thing in terms of a fun question what's been i talked we talked to you about this right before we started recording it but what in terms of roommates is there a favorite prank or or a prank that was done to you by your some of your former teammates that became roommates uh during your time in madison um
2: we uh back in a couple apartments ago we would all when one of us would be playing video games or watching tv or something sometimes we'd we'd pull the plug on the wi-fi and, and just to this easy going stuff like that. I guess it sounds kind of <laughs> lame when you say it out loud, but it can really kind of piss someone off if they're in the in the middle of something big. Um, so we just like to keep it uh, easy going with that sort of stuff. but I mean, I definitely am gonna miss rooming with the guys and and being able just to to kick back with them. but I guess that's something that we're gonna to have to make time for in the future, and I look forward to doing that.
0: I remember got, those days back with Halo, by the way, doing that to our friends back in uh, the L.A., up, at, up in Chadbourne, Jack. Like, we did that all the time, yeah. and, yeah, good times, good times. They would get mad.
1: <laughs> you, you know what, what's interesting now is your journey keeps going, Jack. You know, obviously you play football, then you start out in high school, and you're the low man on a totem pole, and you become a top player. Then you start at Wisconsin as a walk-on, and you make it all the way to the, to the precipice, and you got one more journey. You're going to be a rookie. Um and then, obviously, from there, you'll grow into a veteran. Um, but you got to be excited about, even though, obviously, you're, you're kind of starting out from the bottom with a new team, the journey has to have been very, very rewarding for you.
2: Absolutely. And I think that it's really as, as a rewarding as you want to make it and as how much work you put in. That's usually the results you're going to get. And I'm, I'm excited to to be able to start down low again and kind of keep my head down and, and work my tail off. And then honestly, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to do it with no regrets and I'm going to try and do it to the best of my ability.
0: Jack, it's it's great talking to you. It's it's been a pleasure covering you for your time, you know, in in Madison and and covering you as a badger and also having, having you in the book on on walk on this way, man, we really appreciate your time tonight and just uh, covering you and uh, we wish you the best of luck in, in your NFL future. And we'd love to keep in touch, man.
2: Thank you. You guys have a good one. I appreciate the
0: opportunity. Again, big thanks to Jack Sitchi jumping on the show on the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Kielbasa Kings W I Scott wisniewsk two and me Jake Coco B five Q and uh, of course follow us uh, on Facebook or like us on Facebook and. Uh, You know, Scotty, you got a big weekend coming up. Some, some with our wrestling. You know, for those that don't know, obviously, Scotty and I met through pro wrestling, through indie wrestling, and you have a there's a big show going on in the Fox Valley that you'll be a part of.
1: Uh, Yeah, Um, At the Menominee Nations Arena, a brand new, beautiful building in Oshkosh this Saturday. General admission tickets still available. It's the uh, ACW WrestleCon. Uh, The Water City WrestleCon 2. And some of the notable names that will be appearing. Ryback will be there. Scott Steiner will be there. WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett will be there. Sandman will be there. MVP will be there as well. Um, Indie sensation Joey Ryan will also be on the card. And Hurricane. Hurricane. As well as uh, Swoggle, uh who you know used to be Horn swaggle in WWE, and great independent stars like guys like Joey Avalon will be there. Um, Adam Grace will be there. Uh, Sadist is on the card as well. Um, just, it's going to be an amazing night of wrestling, and you're going to get to meet, see, and meet and greet some of these stars up close and personal. And it's very affordable. General admission seats twenty bucks. A huge undertaking in Oshkosh, and and one of the biggest things to hit the state from an independent wrestling standpoint in a number of years.
0: Yeah, it that yeah. sounds like a great show, man. Um, I'm. I wish I could have. I wish I could get up there. Uh, if it wasn't for me uh, being at home with the boys, well, the wife's up in Minneapolis at a cousin's wedding, so. Uh, it is, uh, it, it'll be, I mean, that sounds like fun and best of luck, safe travels and, and enjoy it. My friend, uh, anything else you got going on after that or just pretty much just letting that all soak in. Um, well,
1: uh, there's also a wrestling show Friday at the old Columbus club, uh, in Milwaukee. MKE wrestling, uh, has their debut show. Um, Sunday, I probably am going to try to get rested up for another full week of craziness uh, in my life uh, the following week. So those are those are the things on my docket up and coming.
0: Sounds great. sounds great, man. Well, just you know, like I said, be good, be well on that end. Yeah, and I'll be uh, take you guys will, will, next week too. We'll, tra- we'll talk NFL draft. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to talk. We'll just talk some spring football too for the Wisconsin as that wraps up tomorrow. Fifteen allotted practices already. Uh, 14 in the books as of today's practice, and I'll be there tomorrow night to take in the final practice, which will be, from what I'm hearing, a scrimmage uh, as well. So their third scrimmage to end it uh, since they didn't have a, well, not since, but uh, they did not have a spring game due to the terrible conditions last weekend. And the terrible weather we've had lately, man, I need to, uh, you know, the we got seven inches of snow here in Madison, which broke a single day record for this date for last yesterday's date, the 18th of April. Uh, I need some palm trees man i gotta call my cousins up in daytona beach and tell them like to fly me down yeah hey i mean maybe we'll get a
1: spring at some point but um it has been crazy crazy weather and um hopefully it just means that we're gonna have a really good summer but we'll uh
0: we'll see yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, on that note, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, here, and uh, tune in next week. NFL draft coming up. More Brewers talk. Probably some fo- some Badgers football as well. Uh, say, you know, bringing that all in. And uh, yeah, other than that, guys, for this Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski. It's Jay Kokorowski. Be good, be well. We'll catch you next time on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza.